0: See <laughs> you
1: Welcome to St. Martin the Fields and welcome to Great Sacred Music and today it's Five Lessons and Carols. Now, carols in the Middle Ages were circle dances associated with festivals or mystery plays but the Reformation was, as you know, really miserable and the Reformation encouraged the distrust of folk and Catholic revelry. So carols as we know them today were revived by modern songwriters and we're going to hear about one or two of those in a few moments time but the key person was Edward Benson who was Bishop of Truro and later Archbishop of Canterbury who created the service of nine lessons and carols in 1880. You might think that the service of nine lessons and carols was created the year after Jesus was born but it was 1880 and then it was later taken up in 1918 by Eric Milner White at King's College Cambridge, which also doesn't go back to biblical times, but you'd think it did by the way it's revered in the Christmas tradition. Today carol services are often accompanied by candles, mince pies, and mulled wine, but the irony is that these outdoor forms of celebration are closer to Bethlehem and the medieval notion of a carol than the more formal ceremonies we tend to have inside churches. So we're going to mix up five lessons, we don't have time for all nine, but we're going to mix up five lessons and carols and we're going to start off now with a section of Isaiah chapter 9.
2: The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The zeal of the Lord of Hosts will do this.
1: Uh, Now we're going to start, as is our tradition of great sacred music, by singing uh, All of Us Together. You can find the words of O Come All Ye Faithful on the inside of these sheets. If you don't have one of these sheets, I think there should be one available in the aisle for you. Uh, Adeste Fidelis, the Latin title of this hymn, it was first published in a book of Latin carols in the 18th century. A French priest added some extra verses, but if anyone tells you they know who wrote it, they're lying, because nobody knows who wrote it. Uh, but what what is most familiar, at least in this country, is the translation by Frederick Oakley of the original carol and William Thomas Brooke of the additional 18th century verses. But it wouldn't be the same without the uh, Sing Choirs of Angels Descant, which was only added in 1961 by David Wilcox. for Fidelis, it's such a familiar carol. It starts with the faithful, ourselves, then it moves to God, then it arranges in its full version there are all the main actors around the manger. We have the angels, we have the shepherds, we have the wise men, uh, and so on. Everyone gets to pay, play their part in the drama of Christmas. We remain seated, the voices stand and lead us as we sing, O come, all ye faithful. we're now going to hear a tender shoot, which uh, the text comes from a 15th century German poem versified by Otto Goldschmidt and translated into English by William Bartholomew in the 19th century. Uh, It depicts Christ as the tender shoot that sprang from the root of Jesse. This goes back to the prophecy in Isaiah that talks about the end of the kings of Judah, uh, a line of kings that ended, uh, you know, that began with Saul and then David, and then ended at the exile in the 6th century, and this prophecy that a tender shoot out of the, the stump of Jesse, the, you know, the, um, the cut-down tree stump of, of Jesse, the father of David, would come a new king. And of course, at the very beginning of Matthew's gospel, you see a genealogy going all the way back that shows the connection and the direct lineage of Jesus all the way back to Jesse and beyond to Abraham but the problem with that lineage as I'm sure you'll be aware is that it assumes that that the legitimacy of Jesus is that his father is Joseph and as you know his father isn't Joseph but we won't go into all that now it makes for a wonderful poem and this is a new new setting that was just written 2 years ago that we're about to hear Attend a tender shoot
3: The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever." Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word.
1: Well, as I've mentioned, uh, Eric um, Eric Benson and, uh, sorry, uh, George Benson and Edward Benson, I should say, and Eric Milner-White get all the credit for Carol's services and their, their revival. But one of the people that should get more credit uh, is called George Ratcliffe Woodward, who was an Anglo-Catholic priest in the late 19th, early 20th centuries. And the way the carol tradition is laid down has been very much through these definitive books of carols. Um, You may recognize that sort of green uh, Carols for Christmas book that's still very influential, even 30, 40 years after it was published. And George Ratcliffe Woodward partnered with his buddy Charles Wood, the composer, to produce in 1924 the Cambridge Carol Book. And we have that book to thank for Ding Dong Merrily on High. You may say not much thanks, but if you miss Ding Dong Merrily, you have George Ratcliffe Woodward to thank. And Past Three O'Clock, a bit niche, but still very much in the game. Uh, and also this Italian carol that we're about to hear, Hail Blessed Virgin Mary, quite <laughs> Italian, quite Catholic, very much about the Virgin Mary, um, and we're going to hear it now. Then we'll hear the third lesson.
3: While Quirinius was governor of Syria, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn.
1: Well, we've been to Germany and we've been to Italy and now we're going to France, Il est né le devant enfant, uh, as a traditional French carol. And if you imagine the... The theologizing around the Christmas story it's almost like a delta where where all the different tributaries of the river uh, come into uh, finally reach the coast and reach one one story and we've talked about the background in Jesse, the idea of the the broken stump and the end of the kings of Israel, which resumes in Jesus, but an almost completely different tradition goes all the way back to Adam and Eve and sees. The, uh, the coming of the new child and particularly the bringing to birth of that child by Mary as reverser- reversing the consequences of the fall triggered by Eve in the traditional version, giving Adam the apple from the serpent. And this is a carol that's very much in that tradition. It, it does, the, does the math, if you like, to use the American expression. It counts up all the years that are named in the Bible and traces back 4,000 years to Adam and Eve Uh, and sees this coming of the Christ child as the transformation of the 4,000 years of pain that have resulted from the fall. Then uh, we'll have the fourth lesson after this.
2: In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good tidings and great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is the Messiah, the Lord. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favours. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see the thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger.
1: Well, we're going to stay in France for our next piece, The Shepherd's Farewell, and this has an interesting backstory. It comes from Hector Berlioz's Oratorio, L'Enfance du Christ, which describes the Holy Family's flight into Egypt from the rampaging Herod who sought to kill the baby Jesus. And it speculates on what the shepherds would have said to Jesus as they departed and depicts their blessing on the baby Jesus as he leaves for Egypt. It was originally written as a kind of a spoof by Berlioz because he was quite unpopular in France at the time. His music was regarded as too obscure and too difficult So he wrote an instrumental piece that was much more schmaltzy, much more accessible, much more churchy. And people really liked it. In fact, people wrote letters in newspapers saying, uh, but he wrote it anonymously. People said, well, of course, Berlioz couldn't have written this because it's so much more accessible and beautiful than his terrible music. And he was so tickled by this that he he got some words written to this, uh, which is what we're about to hear. Uh, And then he wrote the whole oratorio in the same style. So be careful when you do a spoof. Let's hear the shepherds' farewell. And the words became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Now we're going to sing again, if you'd like to take your uh, handout sheets. We're going to sing Joy to the World, written by Isaac Watts. Uh, again, a fascinating uh, hymn in the history of carols and hymns, because Isaac Watts, non-conformist, early 18th century, known as the father of English hymnody, but he was very much of the tradition that, you really, that hymns were really reworkings of the Psalms from the Old Testament. Uh, so it was two of the, the, the 96 and 98 are the two Psalms that he reworks into this uh, carol. And actually, even though it's the best loved carol in America, you'll find that if you look at verses two, th- uh, 1, 2, and 4, there's scarcely any reference to the Christmas story as we know it. It's all from the language of uh, Psalms 96 and 98 instead. And yet he can't resist slipping in a, a little bit of theological reflection, very much in the same spirit as we heard earlier, uh, about the curse of the fall and how this baby reverses the curse of the fall. But there's no shepherds in here, there's no angels, there's no uh, the trappings of the Christmas story it's uh it's just the psalms and a little bit of reversal of the fall is the tune by handle nobody knows but you're very welcome to spend the rest of the day arguing about it we remain seated uh, and the voices stand and lead us joy to the world <laughs> Well, we're coming to the end of Great Sacred Music for today. Next, Great Sacred Music will be in the uh, Thursday between Christmas and New Year, and it's called The Gate of the Year, and it'll have music by Rutter, Britton, and Walton marking the transition towards the New Year. If you've enjoyed yourself today, I hope you have, uh, there's an opportunity to make a, a donation in the retiring collection as you leave. We can take donations by almost any imaginable route. So do make the most of that unique opportunity, and you can do it online too if you're joining us online. We're gonna finish with Tomorrow Shall Be My Dancing Day, which made its first written appearance in William Sandy's Christmas Carols, Ancient and Modern of 1833, but it clearly goes back a lot further than that. You may be familiar with Sidney Carter's famous hymn, Lord of the Dance, written in the 1960s. Well, this was the inspiration for that famous hymn. Thanks for joining us.